Well, welcome into the NHSportsPage.com Bracketology Podcast. And uh, in the back in the day, uh, Dave Haley would do this with Pete Terrier on, uh, I think, 17 different radio stations. They, they made the tour of New Hampshire. And now we do it podcast style since we're in a new decade. That's how it works. Uh, and uh, we, 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 we've gone around the world searching for the finest mathematical minds, Dave Haley. And by the way, this, this podcast is brought to us by our friends at Concord Orthopedics. Yes, they have locations in Concord, Derry, New London, and Wyndham, and a great sponsor of ours. Concord Orthopedics is the sponsor of all of our Concord area teams, so they're going to be uh, very busy during the Division Two tournament coming up, which we'll be doing bracketology with Nate Camp next week. All right, yeah, and uh, as I said, we've scoured the globe for the finest mathematical minds. Couldn't and find any. Couldn't find any, so we gave a call to our buddy. Uh, we, I saw this guy on TV. Uh, his name is Raph Gaber. Yeah. I used to know a guy named Mike Raph Gaber, but I don't think this person's related to him, but he was recommended. Well, see, you, see, you see, here's the thing. I owe some people some money. So I had to change the name. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. He's one of those shady fishermen, so like he changes his, his name yeah. everywhere he goes. Yeah. Different port, different name, um, D- different social yeah. security number. Mike Rathgaber, of course, is the coach of the Interlakes Lakers. And uh, so, how you been, Coach? Been a little bit. What's that? I didn't hear that. I said, I'm sorry. I said, how you been? It's been a little bit since I've seen you. I have been very well. Um uh, having a good winter, having a good basketball season, having a lot of fun, and uh, um, life is good. Yeah, you've had uh, you've had fun with this team. I talked to you in the preseason when it was yeah. just like you know you were very clear about what it was going to be. Eli Swanson, for people who don't know, uh, went to Holderness Prep and reclassified. He's doing very well. I saw Eli a few weeks ago at a game and talked to him for a long time. He's doing very well. So you basically had to rebuild. But doing it with all freshmen and sophomores, as I said to one of my good friends, a Division II coach in your area a couple years ago, I go, the worst thing to do is be really bad with all seniors. But if you can rebuild and just have freshmen and sophomores, and you've had a really good season. You guys are 8-9 and nine coming into your last game against Summersworth. And Luke Brown, Van Buren, talk, talk about the guys because I've been talking yeah. to you all season long, and you, you, you just sound like you're rejuvenated with this group. You've had a blast this season. Well, well, I've gone from one extreme to the other because it's not just Eli Swanson leaving. Um, I-, I lost my top three JV players from last year. You know, uh, uh, two moved out of district and one uh, just didn't play. So um, I was definitely looking for an oven to put my head in in November, early November, as the bad news kept rolling in. And, and um, we just uh, made a decision to uh, bring these kids right up and just uh, bite the bullet, you know, and, and get it over with and get get the learning curve over with and and do the best we can. And um, I may have really surprised me and done well. Um, they, they've won the games they're supposed to win. Yeah. And um, and that's all we asked of them this year. Win the game you're supposed to win, which, of course, we defined which games, which of those games they were. And um, win the game you're supposed to win, and it'll be an extremely successful year. And I have this. I have eighty percent of this crew for for uh, two years, uh, not this year included. Two more years. Yeah. So um, they're a good group of kids. They're very coachable. They work hard. They, their their confidence is 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 growing. They still make the kind of mistakes on the floor that you know make me want to, as my mother used to say, bite your elbows. Um, but. Um, uh, but I love this crew, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the next the next uh, well the next week with them, and then the next two years beyond. Yeah, 
By the way, I just tried to bite my elbows and I sprained my neck. So no. thanks for putting that uh, idea that, in my that's head. That's why. That's that's exactly why my mother used to say that because you can't bite your Mick, elbows. Mick Isaac. So when I got really bad, when I got really bad, <laughs> she would say, "You're going to make me bite my elbows." McIsaac has switched over from Diet Snapple to water. He's drinking a ton of water, so he's probably going to take five breaks during this thing. So if you ask that's him a true. question, yeah. he doesn't answer. He's he'll be back momentarily, <laughs> yeah. but that's his new thing. So yeah. all right, so we're as Justin said, we're taping this on a Friday. Um, I asked Mike uh, offline or, or, or over text. I said, "Let's let's just go. We got a lot of games that could go either way tonight. We got, or, or that are, have been played since you know we're listening to this on Saturday morning. So Belmont, Conant." Uh, Campbell, Mascoma is a really good one. Uh, Summersworth's uh, playing Interlakes. I, I asked Mike, I'm like, let's assume, let's just go with favorites just and see the scenario. So, Conant beats Belmont. Sadly, sadly, in a quadruple overtime, Summersworth beats Interlakes by one point. I can't believe those crooked Seacoast <laughs> referees. Horrible, horrible call that goes <laughs> against the Lakers. And uh, I, we'll say that, we'll say, man, I don't know about Campbell, Mascoma. And let's say that Guilford... Beats White Mountains. Um, any of those things could uh, flip, but just for the sake of this, uh, why don't we do that, Mike, and kind of go through what you have for for the bracket or for the? Yeah. Let's do the standings yeah, Rob, first. Rob Fossey, Rob Fossey called me last night and said, "I don't care if you're zero and hundred. Anytime I go into the crypt, I, I, I'm nervous." Yeah, it's tough over there. <laughs> yeah, Meredith. Um, so, so I've got based on all that. This is my field as I see it today. Um, in this order. Messenic, Guilford, Summersworth. Messenic's over Guilford? Well, if you go head-to-head... But they're not, um, but they beat Laconia. Guilford beat Laconia, so they have more points than Messenic. If Um, if Guilford wins tonight, they're the one seat. No, no, you're right. You're right. They're both they're both eleven and one. You know what? Don't rob me of saying Guilford's number one. Don't rob me of this moment. (laughs) I will I will find. I don't care how good of friends we are and how many nice things you say. (laughs) I will find a Brockatall just someplace else. You think Jim Silly isn't waiting? All right, Guilford. I listen. I was. I did that on purpose. I think I just. I think McIsaac. I think I just blacked out. What just happened? They got very real for a second. I wanted. I wanted to poke the bear, so I. I gave it a shot. Yeah. Congrats. Mission accomplished. Okay, so now, too real. Now can we really do it the right way? <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> if you'll say it correctly, yes. I had to do that. Just, Justin, I had to do that. Oh, man, that was great. He was, he was ready to, to, to right. do damage in so, here. So, Guilford, uh, Messenic, they're the two that get the bye. And then from 3 to 14 is Summersworth, Hopkinton, Winnesquam, Mascoma, Campbell, White Mountain, St. Thomas, Monadnock, Conant, Belmont, Raymond, Interlakes. Okay, so are we supposing when you say Mascoma, then Campbell, if Campbell beats them, has beaten them, are they, it would be Campbell? Or would it flip? How are we doing that? Because I think that's yeah, a real toss-up game. Flip. I might have, hold on, let me, let me, because um, Campbell's got the win over Pella. Yeah, so I think, so, so I, so as of this taping, Mascoma is twelve and five. Campbell is eleven six. They will have, as you listen to this, played last night at Mascoma. That's a fifty fifty game. Could go either way. It's at Mascoma. So but Campbell's, I, Campbell's got six. Campbell's got six losses. Yeah, but Mascoma will if they lose tonight. If they have lost last night, they'll have right. the same record. Right. So if Campbell right. wins, I believe Campbell's over Mascoma. I believe that is for seeding. Right. Like the winner is ahead. Okay. No, no, they will. They will because uh, of the Pelham win. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is if they so have the same record, Campbell's going to be ahead of them. 
Yeah. The extra points. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So those, so, on my part. those two may flip. So, um, so, so from the top again, Summersworth, Hopkinson, Winnesquam, Campbell, if they assume, win. Assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Mascoma, White Mountain, St. Thomas, Monadnock, Conant, Belmont, Raymond, Tinnerlings. Okay. So Guilford, so if it, Guilford and Messina could have the bye, correct? Oh yeah, that's a given. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. They've had it for a while. Um, I'm just stating. So that would that would that would uh, precipitate these these matchups on Tuesday. Um, Interlakes goes to Summersworth after having just played them Friday. Yeah. Um, Raymond goes to Hopkinton. Belmont goes to Winnesquam. Conan goes to Mascoma. Monadnock goes to Campbell, and St. Thomas goes to White Mountain. Well, there's the drive on a Tuesday for you. <laughs> don't, don't, don't over to yeah. Whitefield, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Better them than us. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an interesting – that would be an interesting game. So, again, we have to – you know, we'll have all the brackets out, but for sake of discussion, you know, kind of looking at here. So, Summersworth – Okay, so Hopkinton, Winniscombe would be the 4-5 game, or they'd be the 4-5 seeds, correct? So Hopkinton is going to avoid Conant, which I think everybody wanted to do, correct? Right. Conant would move up. Right. Okay, so Conant's ahead of Raymond and Alex. And okay. Winniscombe plays plays Belmont, which they know each other like books. Winniscombe beat them um, twice. Like well-read books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you got Raymond. You got Raymond going to Hopkinton. You got... You got Kona going to Mas- Kona going to Mascoma. Um, wait a minute. Interlakes goes right? to Summersworth. Raymond goes. Well, goes oh, to no. Summersworth. Raymond goes to Hopkinson. Belmont goes to Winnesquam. Kona goes to Mascoma. That could be a very good game. I, I would say. I would say right now they're going to get mad at me. I'm, this is just. I, I put Kona as the favorite in that game at Mascoma. The way they defend and. The lack of size Mascoma has, I I would put Conan as the favorite. Wouldn't you, McIsaac, what do you think? Conan beat Mascoma no. on the no. road on January tenth, thirty-seven, thirty-two. Oh boy! I do not agree with you guys. You think Mascoma? But I have would not beat seen Conan. I have not seen Conan, but 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 uh, I, let me tell you something. You say Conan plays defense, of course they do. Sauce's teams always do. But Mascoma uh, is playing extremely well in man-to-man defense right now. Um, they are in your grill, and they have the they have the lateral speed in their guards to get in your grill and still not lose you. You can't get by them. Um, they double. Uh, they, they 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 run and jump really well. They double really well. Um, I I would I would favor Mascoma at home against Kona. So Kona could play Campbell as well, though. So that's in the mix too. Yeah. Which would be yeah. a rematch of they just played last week. Campbell beat them at home by I believe five or six. It was another very very listen. Listen, Conant Conant can't beat you in the sixties. They can't, I mean I'm not saying they can't. I mean there's certain teams they could beat in the sixties, but that's just not what they have this year. La- last four games. Oh and, no. Last four games and, and Mike, your team's probably uh, is is definitely the best team uh, Mascoma's played over the last four games. They're averaging seventy points per game. Yeah. Oh, Mascoma. Mascoma. If they had a big, if they had a Delgado or a, or a Sorabo, nobody beat him. Nobody would beat him. Uh, uh, ben, you know, Ben is as smooth, silky smooth a scorer as you're going to find in ben Division Tyler, Three. Yeah. Yeah. The the other kids, the, the defense is. I can't stress that enough. 
they play really, really good defense. Probably the best defenders we've we've seen on our schedule. So we should give um, give some credit to Silas Ayers, their first year coach, who took over for for one of my favorite yeah. guys, uh, Jim Barry. So, um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Silas Ayers has done Silas, a really nice job. Silas has done a terrific job. Terrific job. And by the way, the the thirty two points they scored against Conant back on Jerry Jeff is by far their lowest total. The next lowest is. At Hopkinton, which was the next yeah. game, ironically, forty-eight points. But uh, other or and at Guilford, Guilford held them to forty-six. But yeah, thirty-two against Conan. So it's either Conan's doing something that they can't handle, or they just had a really bad night that night. I guess we'll find out. Maybe. Yeah, uh, 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 Ben Seller is is solid. I mean, he's he's solid. <laughs> Whatever you take away from him, he's gonna he's gonna do something else, and he's gonna do it well. Let me let me ask some Mike, kind of getting away. From the brackets real quick, um, I've been talking yeah. a lot lately about the change from Southern New Hampshire as a Final Four venue, maybe for one year, maybe who knows, but going to Keene State as a Lakes region coach, like now for yeah. Guilford, I think it, it, for Guilford, who is, we can at least say favored, Guilford's road to the Final Four in, the, in what you lay out is beating St. Thomas and White Mountains at home. Uh, so they would be a big favorite to do that. Doesn't mean they're going to do it, but it, it would be a favorite to do it. But uh, I know my buddy Mike Curtis is listening, and Sean Murphy, who likely has fired his assistant coach between <laughs> the taping of this and when you're listening. But it's a huge difference as a kid from Guilford who went to Keene State. That's like an hour and a half, hour and forty minute drive, and you're asking people to. You, you, what are your thoughts as a Lakes Region coach about the change out to Keene State College? It sucks. <laughs> Your expert analysis. Um, no, it's it's it, it should be in a central location. Period. I mean, end of story. Central location, please. Yeah. What if Berlin was in the mix? Are you kidding me? They well, have to, they have to leave. They had to go to Exeter the day a few years before. ago. Well, that was it's, it's, yeah. so. What Justin says, right? Is uh, it, what the the great point was a couple of years ago when because of snow. Southern New Hampshire, we, they got snowed out, and Southern New Hampshire was not available. This was only, like, what, three years ago? This was bright and early senior year. Yeah, two, three years right? ago, yeah. So they had to yeah. play. So Monadnock had to play a 5-30. Monadnock pulled a huge upset over uh, Hopkins to my buddy Jim Hill to get to the Final Four. They had to go all the way to Exeter at 5-30. And I remember just sitting there going, who from Swansea is able to get to this game? Besides parents who can at least tell their boss, yeah. I got to get out of work at 3 o'clock to go see my kid play. But I'm like, who's coming yeah. from Swansea? It was, to, And then Berlin did the same thing. Berlin played Summersworth. And it was, again, we were doing the math. It was like a three-hour drive. So anyway, it's I'll tell you, I was at Messinic last week with everyone over there. And the great people of New Ipswich are very happy to be going to Keene State yeah. if they can get there. But, boy, for a Lakes Region team like Guilford, that's going to be really hard. I really do. Th- I mean, I think it's a Friday night championship game. It won't matter. But the semis are a different story because the semis are on a Monday night. Or, or, or a North or a North Country you know, team like White Mountains or you oh, know yeah. Berlin in their heyday. Uh, you know, why can't it be a Plymouth State? Why can't it be? I mean, NHTI doesn't have the, the capacity, but wh- why can't it be a Plymouth State? Why can't it be at St. A's? Or why can't it be at, uh, yeah, say, I don't know, how about a big, how about a Division One high school gym? Uh, yeah, it's got to be a better idea than Keene State. St. I mean, A's wouldn't have the capacity. They don't really have we, many bleachers. They we, have less capacity than NHTI, we, I think. We were talking about this on the phone. I don't remember. I talked to a lot of people. I can't even remember who I was talking to, but it was probably Sam. And we were talking about, to me, Londonderry 
would make the most sense if you're going to pick a high school. It's pretty, it's right outside of Manchester. We held the jamboree there. It's a really beautiful gym. It's got good, part yeah. of it is parking. You know, like some of these schools have horrible parking. You know, to get to yeah. Exeter had great parking, has great parking. Londonderry has great parking. But but yeah, like going all the way out to Keene State, that is a ways out there. And you're right, you're right. If if White Mountains. If Mike Curtis pulls off two straight upsets, I don't put anything past him uh, with him and Jack Curtis. They got to go from Whitefield to Keene? Oh, my Lord. That's going to yeah. be like a day and a half. They're going to need, like, horses and well, wagons and all before. sorts of things. I would, I'd go the day before but um, yeah. if I can get permission. But, um, yeah, you know, Plymouth State is the natural. If you want pure in the middle of the state, and I don't know that, you know, who knows if they have the facilities available or whatever. I don't know the nuts and bolts of it. But just looking at it purely geographically, Plymouth State is a no-brainer. It's got parking. It's got capacity. That's where we played it. It's centrally located. Nobody's going real far. I'll be honest with you. If 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 uh, our Division three game is streamed, I'm sitting home and watching it. Uh, I'm going to go to the Division four four game in Plymouth State. And and stream the Division three game. I'm not driving to Keene State two days in a row or two days of the four, you know, unless I'm there, of course. That's a whole different story. But but um, and that's a long. I don't. I, you know, I don't know. I'm very unhappy about two that. hours, thirty six minutes, one hundred fifty one miles for White Mountains to get to Keene State. <laughs> in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyway, all right. So anyway, so going back to um, that's something I'm going to talk about because I feel like. With the colleges, um, I'm not going to speak out of school, but I'm close to a lot of people on these committees, and it's it, it's kind of it's not it hasn't been great. Like the amount that they're getting charged at certain places and stuff like that. And again, I don't want to talk yeah. out of school, but there's got to be a solution. And I see, you know, I think like SNU, the the arena here in Manchester, maybe it's too big, and but you know the way Maine does it, well, you know, they're all day championships and teams are coming in and out all day. I mean, if we had something like that in New well, Hampshire, they, I think they, it'd be pretty. They cool. They do it during their February vacation too. They're wrapped up by the time you know they play their championships during their February Maine vacation. Maine figured which was it last out. week. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and so it gets, but, but, but the venue, the venue being too big is not an issue. When I was coaching a, a, a Division two school in Colorado, we played one game in the Pepsi Center, and and all they did was close out. They just they just they condensed everybody. So you look at pictures. I've got pictures of the of the games I coached in there, and it looks like a sold out venue. Yeah, just because hang, it's, it's, yeah, everybody's hang, packed into one section. Hang a curtain you know? behind the baskets or something like that, so it's not a weird shooting right. background. Yeah, I could do something like right. that. Uh, uh, but uh, so I don't know. It's just it's, so. So let's, you know, we'll wrap up in a couple of minutes with this. And, again, uh, Mike yeah. Rathgaber from Interlake. I'm doing the Pete Terrier role here. Mike Rathgaber from Interlakes is our bracketologist. Um, looking at, <laughs> we always do this. Um, we kind of look ahead. So let's start with Guilford. Guilford's road would be White Mountains and St. Thomas. Boy, I may have to be at that quarterfinal game. Um you know, I think Guilford's got to be a, a, a big favorite to get to Keene State as the number one seed. Messenic would yeah. be looking at. And Messenic, I think it gets a little more interesting. I, I think that they would much rather see Mascoma than Campbell. Um, and, Manad, you know, Manadnock's lurking out there. Manadnock got beat up pretty good by yeah. Messenic. But if they can get it in the right bracket, Jim Hill uh, has a history has a pedigree of winning postseason games. Jimmy does a great job, and they're another young team. Like, you have a young team that's coming on. Mandanok's not going anywhere either. You know, they're going to be very good. 
You know, nor is nor is Winterscorn going anywhere. No, they got one senior. Gunnar Horman is the only kid they're going to lose, and they're going to get Garrett Mango back next year. Don't forget, he's out right. all year with a football yeah. injury. So, you know, kind of looking ahead because that's what we do. Um, I, I think Conant is your upset special. You know, Belmont's the team that's been dropping, and 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 Jim Silly's doing. Jim does a really good job, and there's just not much you can do when you, you know, Jackson Rook is yeah. an all-state player, first or second team, no question. And but yeah. losing Nate Sawtack, you can speak to that, Mike, what a loss that was for them, losing yeah. Nate Sawtack at Belmont. Well, the glue guy and the second option, and when you have to defend, with, with you know, when you play Belmont with, with Nate and the others, and you've got you to gotta defend three, three legitimate scorers, and Jim keeps them... Uh, uh, adequately spread out. Um, it's a lot harder to defend three than it is two. So yeah, yeah. Um, th- that's a huge loss. That's a huge loss. What, what, um, what, I, you know, I, my heart my heart goes out to Jim. But you know, we talked about it the other day, and it's like I said to him, I said, "What can you do? You know, I mean, you, you're not losing all these kids. That's the good news. You're not losing all these kids. They're all back next year. So just just keep playing hard, and it's not the end. It, it'd be a different story if you were all seniors. It's not the end. Just keep playing hard, see what happens. But you're going to get another shot with this crew. It's it's the end for all of you in the Lace region because Isaiah Reese is coming. You know, the sad thing about eighth graders, they become freshmen. You just get ready for Isaiah Reese. Write that down, everybody. Isaiah Reese is coming. He's coming for you. Listen, when you're in eighth grade and you score 30 Whatever. a game, I'm going to get excited about it. So, Winnesquam. Yeah. Let's talk about Winnesquam real quick. Um I like the Robins kid a lot, that point guard. I really like that kid. Uh, and when Gunnar Horman's hitting shot, I wrote about it, when that kid's on, they can beat anybody. You know what you're getting from Phil Nichols. And Horman's a kid who can just heat up and score 25 on you. But I think Winnesquam's a, a sleeper to get to, to, to the Final Four. I really do. I, I think Kevin they Dame looked, does a great they, job. They looked very good the other night when we played it. We lost by 12 to them at their place, and there's no shame in that for my young pups. Um, and they shot lights out. They had, they had five guys knocking down threes. Good luck defending that. Um, every time we cheated and helped on Nichols, that, that kid made us pay. Um, they defended really well. Um, they speed up the they, game on you. They look, I'm sorry? They speed up the game on you. Yeah, yeah. We did a good job. We did a good job. Looking at the final score, you can see that we did a pretty good job of not Getting it up there in the 60s, 70s, um, but yeah, they do. They do. They do. With their two-two-one press, you know, they 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 get you going. And um, but but they looked really good the other night. Um, it would not surprise me at all if they were in the final four. Not one bit. So who do you, uh, McIsaac? Who do you see as the lower seed that you'd be afraid of in this division? I, I wouldn't count Campbell as a lower seed, but who do you looking at, McIsaac? What do you think? We're not counting Campbell as a lower seed. No, because I think Campbell's going to be have a home game, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, they're going to have a home game. Ah, uh, jeez, let me see. Well, I guess you could say Campbell is a lower seed to get to Keene State. I'm sorry, I, I rephrase. Yeah, uh, yeah, Campbell will be the obvious one. Uh, I, I feel like St. Thomas can make some noise, just as uh, they you can't know, score, huh? They can't score. Nobody can score in the in the tournament. Nobody, 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 nobody scores, well, right? You know, and, and, and Justin, one, Justin. and one more, Conan, Conan. Conan. Who's Conan? Where's that? <laughs> Here's the wild card. We we know the history of the D three tournament in SUNY. 
We know that shooters have struggled for whatever reason. Right. Shooters have struggled in that on that floor, and the teams that have won have been teams that play good defense, have a post presence, and and don't rely on perimeter shooting, especially long distance perimeter oh, shooting. I know who to you. Win. Just, I know who you just described. <laughs> That's Guilford. <laughs> That's Guilford's um, music, so, McIsaac. <laughs> but but here but but here's the wild card. That was on the SUNY floor. We don't know if the Keene State floor is going to affect shooters like like historically the other the SUNY floor has. Now I if I recall when I was coaching at Plymouth State, we, we went to Keene State to play. That gym was a lot more compact than than uh, than SUNY, if I recall correctly. I'll speak to it because I won five intramural tiles there, which is going to come up about 50 times in the next two weeks. But, guys, I put, a, <laughs> put a running count on it. All right, so it. we got to wrap it up to get to, to yeah. Division Four with Sam Natty, but how, how, how do you feel about your team going into the tournament? And who are your – give me your, your, your Jay Billis final four picks. Mike Rath gave his final four picks. Um. First of all, about my team, I'm going to give you the same line I've told every coach that has that has asked me about my team. I'm playing with house money. So, yeah, I agree. Um, we're playing with house money. We're going to go in there, have fun, play hard, and see where it gets us. And and we're 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 at it for two more years, so we're not feeling any pressure whatsoever. Tell my kids, we everybody that plays us is feeling the pressure, not us. So just play. Um, final four. Oh, that's like going to look. Let me see. Where's my list? Uh, final four, I would say, will be um, Messinic, Guilford, Summersworth, and and Winnesquam. All right, Winnesquam. All right. Okay. Squamming it up. All right, Mike. Okay, all right, there's Mike right. Ra- Mike Rathgaber. His friends call him Rathgaber. That's his new name. Uh, got- <laughs> yes, Mr. Gaber, if you don't know him well. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure as usual. Please do not crucify me tomorrow if there's upsets in my bracket looks like. Oh, no, we will. we will. We absolutely will. Yeah, yes. we'll blame <laughs> we, we believe in blaming all of our myriad of problems on other people. So, yeah, it will be right. your fault. That's the right. way to go, man. All right, thanks, Coach. And, and once again, once again, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for everything you do for our sport and our kids. You guys are godsend. Yeah, well, thank you to coaches like you who who support us and have all. Every time we do a game, we find sponsors in town for us and gold level every year. So yep. right back at you. We can't do it out, coaches like you. So thank you. Right back at you, Mike. Thank you all so right, much. Guys. Have a good day. You too. All right, joining us on the lines now, uh, all the way from uh, from Lisbon. I think you said, are you in Lisbon or Littleton today? I can't. Remember, I, I'm not sure where you're at, but Sam Natty, the coach of the Lisbon Panthers, is on the line. Our D4 bracketologist, which his job is made infinitely easier, Dave Haley, yeah. when the NHIAA put the brackets out. So bravo. Uh, so Sam, Shannon Quinn, the whole team, of the NHIAA, yeah. bravo. I, I I think we kind of uh, uh, over the over the years the drumbeat and we've shamed them into putting the things out early, yeah. but uh, there 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 you go. So Sam, you uh, you actually have no reason to be on the phone here, but we just like you. No, that's great, and I had them right. I I'm still recovering. Oh, we'll never from know being the only person ever get one wrong. So I yeah. had this ready, and I was dialed in, and thankfully they looked the same it, as what I had. It was the Dairyfield Pittsfield like third tiebreaker for the two seed, right? It was the two or the three. Yeah, seed. I don't know what. It was. I still argue it. 
I still was, think I was the one that was right. What made it ironic is Pittsfield won, quote-unquote, won the tiebreaker to be the two-seed and then promptly got upset by PCA in the first round. So I think they would have rather probably, in retrospect, have lost that tiebreaker because PCA was like, how is PCA a 15-seed? I think that was when PCA was playing St. Thomas twice a year. and yeah. you know, They were like way better than your average 15-seed uh, in Division Four. All right, so Sam has the brackets up, uh, and uh, l- l- let's let's pick- go through each one. And we had Rathgate pick his final four, so we'll, we'll go through yeah. the whole thing. All right. Uh, so I've got Littleton one, Correct. Newmarket two, Groveton three, Sunapee's four, Pittsfield's five. Uh, PCA is six. They won a tiebreaker with Woodsville. Uh, they had a higher rating against tournament teams than Woodsville did. So PCA six, Woodsville seven. Mount Royal is eight at twelve and six. Colebrook and Derryfield ended up with the same record, but with the extra point they got from beating White Mountains, Colebrook gets the nine seed. Derryfield ends up ten. Linwood broke everyone's heart by winning the tiebreaker with us at the Battle of Five Hundreds <laughs> with one more win against tournament teams, so they're eleven. Lisbon is 12, and then we had a five-way tie for the last spot, and this was where my nightmare began. (laughs) Um, So we had five teams for three spots, Epping, Farmington, Wilton, Newton, Gorham. Um, Typically, the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. When it's more than two teams involved, that gets thrown out. So Epping ended up on the top of the heap. Uh, with the most wins or the best rating against tournament teams. So they are at 13. Farmington ends up 14 because they had the second best record against tournament teams and the best rating. Wilton and Newt, I'm going to pretend that I had this all figured out. This was the one that I thought I was going to get wrong. Their tiebreakers are basically the same all the way through. Um, and I'm assuming Wilton ended up in the tournament. Newt did not because Wilton beat Newt twice. So because it they came down last to the game, last two, yeah, last game of the year they beat him. Yeah, yeah, and it came down whichever team if they because Wilton was two and zero. Now that it, because Gorham um, had the lowest rating, so they were eliminated. So it was down to those two teams. So I'm assuming it's because. Um, it went back to the head-to-head matchup. That's why Wilton won. If it didn't, I have no idea how it worked because everything looked the same to me, and I gave up. So it's, it's like I'm the Nevada caucuses. If, if you drew an I ace guess. of spades, you win. If there's a tie, right? That's how it worked. Yeah, it, well, you get. I mean, literally, every, all of their calculations were the same. I'm trying to figure this out, and I'm thinking I'm not smart enough to do this much math. And everything was the same. So I either was screwing something up, or it was just the wildest tiebreaker I've ever seen. So. Maybe I did all that work for nothing, and it went back to the head-to-head with the two, but Wilton is 15, and Newt is the first team out. Oh, my God. Our Newt Rams. But you know what? Let's give a shout-out to the fact that we were talking about Newt being involved in the playoffs. Yeah, Tom Bordeaux. That's, that's, that, that's that they've really come far. I feel like Tom Bordeaux's life is going to get less hectic now that you and I aren't screaming about him every week. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they, they made a great run. They captured a lot of hearts and broke just as many That's uh, right. by not making the tournament. But let, before we get into the Sam, I wrote um, – I, I just felt like this season was going so to chalk that I kind of wanted to to get numbers to back it up. It's fun when I'm writing these Thursday columns and I'm – I'll sit there and I'll be like, oh, but I think this team's playing better defense. And then I run the numbers. I'm like, no, they're not playing any better defense. They're just scoring more. So when I, sometimes I do or try to come up with something to prove a point, it doesn't always work out. In this case, I feel like it did. I wrote 
how many with the rankings uh, that had already come out, how many wins they had against teams above them, and there weren't many. It really kind of to chalk. Did you, did you think that? Did you agree with that? Does it feel that way to you as a coach that it's kind of been predictable this year, or am I? Yeah, crazy? I actually think it's been trending more that way the last four or five years. Um, you know, as you see, like the elephant in the room in Division Four that people don't like to talk about is the enrollment disparity between the top and the bottom of the division. Um, and we've got more schools coming down. Like our division is, there are like eight or nine teams that were in Class M when I was in high school 20 years ago, and now they're all in the same division. So what you're starting to see over the last few years is kind of, uh, you know, the, the levels of teams. Like, you know, you've got your top couple teams. They're going to, you know, beat everybody. Um, then you've got three or four teams in the middle that are kind of in the same grouping, and then three or four teams. And you just And you, you go down, and what you see year to year is the same schools are successful every year because they're, you know, those guys are running programs like they've got the JV programs. They're doing this like we're most of the teams in our division. We're not. We don't have basketball programs. Like I don't have a basketball program here. Listen, I've got a team every year. You know, and like I've got ten guys this year on my roster. You know, after next year, I'm going to graduate seven of my guys by the end of the next Mark, year. So now we got to start from scratch. Mark and, Mark Collins is at Groveton. Mark Collins's sixth man is a five foot seven eighth grader. Right, and I mean, what you, you know. what you see is like, and what our division has turned into, it's going to be the same handful of schools, and you see it in every sport, boys and girls now. You know, the same handful of schools are competing for the Final Four every year, and you have that outlier smaller school that has the, you know, everything falls into place, and you could make a run for a couple of years, but it's not something that's consistent. You're starting to see that now. Like, nobody really beats anybody like we don't have any wild upsets is there any know, good, in division four. is there any good solution for that though i mean it doesn't seem like there's too many teams in division four i mean i, 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 I think i think what it's gonna be, we're gonna have 24 teams next year and i think what it's got to be is at some point these bigger schools that aren't competitive competitive in division three are gonna have to stay in division three like not everybody can keep petitioning down because we're up to 24 and there's five or six yeah. schools in division three that are going to be in range of coming down in the next few years. So at some point, we're going to end up with 35 teams in this division and 12 teams in the other divisions, and it's you know it's just going to get lopsided. And and it's just the way that it is. You know, I I don't know if there's not really an easy solution, but we're starting to see it now. It's just you know the final fours are the same for boys and girls in every sport. You know, and take a team like Epping this year. You know, Nick was down this year. You know, he graduated a ton of guys from a championship team. They, you know, this was their down year. They'll probably be a little bit better next year, but they'll be back in the final four in three years. Yeah, it's you know, and just just because they've got the resources to do it, and and that's kind of what you're seeing. Like the division, unfortunately, is becoming kind of predictable. L- Littleton and Newmarket, they could uh, move up to Division three. I think Littleton and Newmarket are in the final four annually in soccer, basketball, and baseball uh, every year, and. They happen in in our for what we do. They happen to have two terrific coaches and Jamie Hayes and Trevor Howard. So you add all that, it's not you know it, it's not plucky effort. I mean, it's just you got more. I mean, it's 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 good athletes and more resources and stuff like that. So not taking anything away from those teams. No, no, but this yeah. is just the way it is. I mean, but like Newmarket, for example, has a weight room. Do you know what I mean? Do you have a weight room, Sam? Uh, we've three weights in the back <laughs> of the storage closet. Yeah, it's called it's called hay. You, L- you lifting up deer it. carcasses and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it just and I think this was always one of the more enjoyable divisions and it still is cuz there's still some stuff but for you know and take the top 
you know, four or five teams in our division, in an 18-game schedule, those teams are going to play three or four games that matter. Yeah. You know, the rest of them are decided. Newmarket didn't you know, have so. a close game all season. I mean, I guess the Littleton loss was kind of close, but they didn't have a, really a close game all season long. And so my point for – because I know there's probably one or two and maybe more coaches that might have been aggravated that I pointed that out, or maybe they disagreed with why I did it. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, why I did that. First of all, because that's just what it felt, and I wanted to confirm. I thought it was interesting. That's why I put it in my column. And third is – I cover all four divisions. So Alvern beats Exeter the other night. Londonderry is having a, a, a kind of a disastrous season. They beat BG. You know what I mean? You go up and down these divisions. Conant is probably going to be the 13 or the 12 seed, and they could easily get to the final four. In D4, it's it, a couple of years ago, I remember being in this same room, you know, where we're taping today in Manchester, talking to Pete and being like, I can't wait for the D4 quarterfinals. I can't wait. And I went to Woodsville and saw Nick Stokes have an unbelievable game and beat Wilton Lineborough the same night that Groveton got double overtime to beat Sunapee. There isn't game, there aren't going to be quarterfinal games like that. There isn't enough depth in the division. So for me, as someone who loves it so much, you know what I mean? That's, that's my honest frustration, and it, 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 you know, and if someone didn't understand why I put that there, I'm sorry. Like the stats don't lie, and we're just whether it's a cycle or where we're going to end up for a long time. God, I hope not. This is where we are with the division, where nobody's beating anyone in front of them. I mean, it's it's you know. Yeah, you've you've got your your group of wherever you you rank in the hierarchy of teams in this division. You've got teams on either you know three or four up that you could think about, but you can't really, you know, like the teams in the top four probably aren't going to lose to anybody below them. And that's, that's just the way that it is for a myriad of reasons. But yeah, I think it kind of takes away from some of the excitement because, you know, in division one or division two, and even in some cases, division three, like you can say, you know, on any given night, anybody could get beat. That's not the case in our division. Like there, there are a handful of games in the regular season all year that are really, exciting games but most of them are decided before the opening tip when the bus gets there so let's go let's kind of do a little uh, predicting uh, McIsaac and I uh, I don't know if you know this we have a podcast every week and we are professional uh, prediction analysts is that what we call it McIsaac? Uh, pundits yes pundits thank you yeah. um, so let's go through the first round uh, each game and I want to kind of get your thoughts on each one so let's just start um, I'm not going to make the Littleton versus a bye joke but I love that Lance was trying to make it on the girls one God love him no that was me and Lance would not he would not do it oh like he's he, he's He's, he's like 19, but he's already a grumpy old he, man. It's he, fantastic. He really is the back. I love that kid. <laughs> uh, Mount Royal against Colebrook. At Mount Royal, I'm, I go with Colebrook in the upset there. That's that's what I think. We'll start with you, Sam, and then go to Justin. What do you think, Sam? I don't think an 8-9 game is ever an upset. Um, typically, that you know that's a, a toss-up. You know, I think, you know, you don't know what you – I know, you know, Colebrook – it has had stretches where they've been very good, and they've had stretches where they they struggle. Um, and I think with Mount Royal, it depends on you know where you're going to get scoring from. I think you Malik know, McKinnon's going to be a problem for Mount Royal. Yeah, you know, he, and he's tough. And it, I think it's the eight nine game is always just comes down to who shoots better and who plays a little bit better. And I think I don't think that's any different here. I don't, you know, this one I'm not. I wouldn't want to put money on either team because of the nature of the game. But you know, who knows? I guess in the if I had to pick somebody with a gun to my head, I would pick the guy that's coached for 
longer than I've been alive and has a million wins. So, you know, I guess I would take Colbrook <laughs> there. But I don't think Colbrook winning is an upset, and I don't think Mount Royal winning would be considered an upset either. The teams didn't play during the regular season, huh, which is kind of weird. But uh, weird stuff happens in Sunapee, right? Weird things happen in Sunapee. But yeah. all that said, I agree with Sam's analysis. That's where I was going. When, when in doubt, pick Buddy Trask. The, so I'll uh, go with Colbrook. The four, I, I think I think you're going to see, you know, skipping ahead a little bit. We'll go through each game. But I think Littleton has got a, a pretty easy road to get to Plymouth once again. Um, Sunapee, Pittsfield is going to be interesting. So Sunapee's at home against Epping. That's an interesting game. Uh, I think Sunapee's a little under the radar. They got the four seed because of the Newport wins, which I, I don't agree with. And just to prove that I'm non-biased on this whole thing, I don't think Guilford should be the one seed over Messinic in Division Three because of a Laconia win. But um, I, I think Epping can hang in there. I don't think Epping's going to beat them, but... Um, I'll tell you, Peyton Rivers, I'm going to write this in my preview that will be out on Monday morning. Peyton Rivers goes for 30, which he's he's had a very good second half. Then Epping can beat them. But uh, what do you guys think? I think if I, again, like if you watch those two teams over the course of the season, do I think Epping has a chance to go in there and do something crazy? Sure I do. But I also think Sunapee has a lot more options of ways that they can do it. I think Sunapee is going to be able to – they've got multiple guys that can score the ball. They play pretty good defense. Um, I think, you know, Epping kind of has the formula. They need either Finkelstein or Rivers to score a boatload. And if they can do that and Sunapee can't slow them down, that's the recipe for the upset. If Sunapee can slow one of those two down, then I think, you know, they probably move on to the quarters. Yeah, again, it's another uh, another matchup where the teams didn't play each other. So, uh, I mean, I'm like, listen, I I, I am uh, contractually bound to pick the uh, Seacoast or close to the Seacoast team, so I will pick Epping. But uh, I, I think in my, in my brain, I think Sunapee probably gets the win. But uh, my brain has not really done me much good over 41 years, so I'll uh-huh. go with my heart. I'll pick Epping. A lot of CTE. A lot of CTE. <laughs> Uh, if there had been a concussion tent, you would have spent a lot of your life in those. Oh, yeah. The, I would, yeah, would, have, would have had one in my yard. We'll, we'll skip your prediction on Lisbon at Pittsfield. Jennifer Chick Ruth. I'm picking America is who I'm picking. That's who I'm picking. Ironically, uh, Pittsfield, like their baseball uniforms, are basically American flags. Uh, have you seen them wearing those, Dave? Pittsfield's got really yeah. nice like, <laughs> swag over there. They really do. <laughs> Jay Dara does trip We're covering that game on Monday night. My daughter, Allison, is very excited. She'll be five feet away from Sam Natty during a playoff game, so that's wow. either going to terrify her or exhilarate her, nothing in between. Oh, no, she's on the bench. She could be. <laughs> she might get she, some minutes. She will, she will be in the first seat. We got a couple out-of-bounds plays she'd be happy to tell you that worked for us in our playoff run, so we shall see. I, I, I think Pittsfield's getting to Plymouth. I'm on record. I think that they're going to – to beat Sunapee in the second round, uh, but we shall see. I mean, I, I just think that Quinn Bessonette down low is is it, it kind of throws off defenses. You have to compact the paint and kind of leaves things open for shooters. But I'm not giving up on America, McIsaac. Don't I can feel you staring wow. at me. Hello, your Canadian passport is out on the table there. That's a little weird, but. Uh... <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Wilton Lineborough at Newmarket. Um, New market by a billion. Yeah, it's yeah. this one's going to be. I think they played. Yeah, the yeah. Wilton did a great job to get into the tournament, but I think this is that's the game yeah. where you're really going to see the difference between the top and the bottom. You I'm, know, there's 
there's only so much firepower that you can bring to a game, and Newmarket has plenty of it. I remember one year, it was probably five, it could have been six, seven years ago, who knows. I wrote a, I know there was an Anderson brother for Dairyfield involved, maybe two, but I wrote a preview, it was number 15 or number 16, Linwood, at Dairyfield, and I called around to coaches, I got info on Linwood, who I hadn't covered all year, and I wrote the entire thing, and then in the last sentence I wrote, we'll get to Dairyfield in the next round, they'll, trust me, they'll be there, and that was like all I wrote, <laughs> so I think we'll, I'll spend some time talking about what Lineborough in this, Newmarket's going to win by a lot, uh, Woodsville at home against Dairyfield, I, I, I was joking, but not joking, this could be the all-time record for three-pointers there will be more three-pointers <laughs> to a three-to-one ratio than two-pointers taken in this game. I- I'm interested to hear what you think about this game. I think Woodsville is going to win, but what do you think, Sam? I, if for those of you that have never been to Woodsville's gym, it's— Is there room to shoot three-pointers? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can s- squeeze some feet in there. I just think it's it's a smaller floor. It's a tighter building. And you've watched, you know, Dairyfield loves to get up and down the floor. They shoot a bunch of shots. Like, they're going to push the pace as much as possible. It's either going to work beautifully on that little floor, it's going to be a disaster. You know, because the but there's only, you don't have as much room to move. So I think that's what they got to adjust to. And if they can, you know, not turn the ball over on that little floor a million times, then they've got a chance. But Woodsville's really good in that gym. And, um, you know, I would say, again, if I had to put, a million dollars down in the game. I'm going with Woodsville, but with the way Dairyfield plays, like it's then seven ten is not always an upset. So I think it should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I, Dairyfield could definitely win that game. Max Byron will take at least one three pointer, which he's whistled being out of bounds when he shoots it. That's gonna <laughs> that's gonna happen. He might be in Jamie Walker's lap if, when he takes one. If of you them. take a half court shot there, it's basically like a thirty footer. He right? can he can hit that. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think this is a very interesting game. Um, Dairyfield wants it to be fast and chaotic, and if Woodsville kind of is lulled into that and sort of starts whipping the ball around and baseball passes, and Dairyfield just, like, pumps it up. I mean, I covered him against Pittsfield, and I saw him on film one of the game. I mean, it's one pass, three-pointer a lot of the times. If they have an open three, they just take it. And if Woodsville gets into that with them, because Brendan Walker likes to shoot three, Cam Burt puts up a lot of shots, you know, they 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 could be in trouble. That. You know, I know Jamie Walker is too good of a coach to kind of not manage that, but and I like Woodsville, but I'm just saying, like this this, this bears watching. This is this is an interesting game. I'll be you know covering your game, but if this one's on NSN or something like that, I don't know if it is. I, I I'd keep an eye on this one. This is an interesting game. Yeah, always pick Woodsville at home is my rule. Um, <laughs> the question in the next game that I posed off air, and I will pose it on air. Farmington and Adam Thurston goes to Groveton. Does Adam Thurston return from Groveton, or does he just stay there? He just after moves the up game? to the North Country. Yeah, I feel like he fits really well up there. <laughs> we take him. I mean, he dresses kind of nice for up here, but That's true. We can work on that. Too fancy. Yeah. Uh, this this is a game that went to overtime in Farmington between these two teams. Can, I'm going to make a prediction that uh, Joel Shagnon, if you're listening, turn off, click, stop, stop listening. Thank you. I think Groveton's going to work them. I just think Groveton got scared by these guys, and Mark having three days to prepare for Farmington on the, at home, I think Groveton's going to win big. That's that's my prediction. I won't argue with that. I think farming, you know, playing in the game in Groveton versus in Farmington is a totally different beast. Um, if Kennison and Wheelock play... 25 minutes each, I don't see how Groveton gets beat. If they can get one of those two in foul trouble and in foul trouble early, then 
I think you'll grab some people's attention. But I think that's what it comes down to more than anything, because Mark will uh, fix the problems with what happened before. Mark, uh, but guys, just stormed out of the – so he's not here right now. He just uh, stormed out. Farmington's the weirdest team in the division, right? Because yeah, oh, they, they beat Derry Field. They went to overtime with, uh, with Groveton. They lost to, to uh, Pittsfield by six. Uh, they also lost to Newt twice. Yeah. So, so who knows what you're going to get? I think Grofton wins, but yeah, uh, you uh, that, literally nothing would surprise me about this. No, game. you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and then the last game is interesting. Uh, Sam, I'm going to kind of hand this one to you. Portsmouth Christian at home against Linwood. I don't. I I d- done all the stats for Linwood. Matt Manning uh, reached out to me, so it's great. I have all the numbers for the kids, um, but I don't know a ton about Linwood. So why don't you kind of tell us about Linwood? Uh, they've got some talent. They've got some young talent. They got uh, a couple of good freshmen, Cam Claremont and uh, Jake Avery. Kids are pretty good. Um, I think this is a tough matchup for them in their first playoff game because, um, you know, Bryson Lund is really good and he's really big. Like he's a known factor. Like there's not really the way his game is built. Um, it's not like he's going to have a bad shooting. I mean, when you're six five and you're stronger than everybody on the floor and you're living eight or ten feet from the basket you might miss a few shots but you're not going to have a bad shooting night like if he were if they were a guard oriented team i could see linwood um doing some things against him but i don't know how they match up with him i think they can probably handle the stuff on the perimeter but he's just a tough matchup for guys yeah i'll go pca in that one so so let's rip through the other ones real quick and then we'll wrap it up so just from our picks alone doesn't mean it's going to happen. But Colebrook, Littleton would be your quarterfinal. Sunapee, Pittsfield, sorry. Although McIsaac's going with Sunapee and America's team, which really could happen. That's why I'm going. Newmarket, Woodsville, and Groveton, PCA, which is – we'll start there. That's a rematch of a first-round game the PCA won last year. I like Groveton to get to Plymouth State. I just think, you know, Mark's now seen these teams – Having seen PCA a year ago, having seen Farmington early in the season, I, I, uh, I ride or die with Mark Collins. So I like Groveton. I'll just give my picks and you guys give yours. I like Newmarket definitely getting to the Final Four. I like Littleton easily getting to the Final Four. I don't think that quarterfinal game will be close. And then I like Pittsfield to beat Sunapee. So my picks would be Littleton, Pittsfield, uh, Groveton, and Newmarket, which would be an interesting game in the Final Four. Those are my picks. I think Littleton and Newmarket are are in like they're they're locks, um, and on, on the bottom side, you know I think in Groveton I think Groveton over PCA would be a solid pick. Um, just because if if PCA can limit their turnovers, then I think they've they've got a chance. But again, Groveton's floor is a little more narrow than PCA is going to be used to, um, and. That one could be interesting. And then I think in the last one is, you know, whether you think uh is gonna match up with Lisbon or not. <laughs> That's yeah. I'm not saying oh, it won't. Was that, did I say that out loud? I actually I actually said Epping Lisbon, uh, Dave. Uh, so uh yeah, and uh so oh, Sam, Epping when, Lisbon. When you host uh Nick Fissette, I, I might have to make the drive up for that one. Oh, we'll definitely come for that one. <laughs> no, I think in the I think that Pittsfield the thing that makes Pittsfield tough in that I guess quarter of the bracket the the four thirteen five twelve is Jay does a really good job of using the bodies that he's got you know and you would think you know they've got Quinn Bissonette who's you know like Paul Bunyan compared to the rest of our division <laughs> they're not really built around like a lot of guys would have just taken that kid let's give the ball to him fifty times and 
see what happens. But they run a lot of stuff, you know, using him as a decoy or using him as a threat, and you've got to spend so much time focusing on that kid that other guys get looks, and, you know, they're really athletic, and they do all this. They can beat you in a bunch of different ways. Um, so, and I think what it does, whether it's when we play them or whoever anybody else plays them, it comes down to not whether you can slow Bissonette down, but it's can you manage, like, can you accept him scoring 20 and then limit what everybody else does? Because I think when they get going, it's when teams focus so much energy on Bissonette and you, know, you take the early. Like, I think Gavin Bedell is the first team player. I he's mean, very good. Yeah. He's good, you know, and he can do, he hits tough shots and he just, he's a decent shooter. And, you know, I think if you focus too much on the big guy, then the other guys can hurt you. And so I think it's, you know, I think Pittsfield has the advantage of the four teams there because they've got the the one thing that we don't have an answer for. And it comes in, I think you've got to make a whole bunch of shots and then hang on for stretches because they, they pressure the heck out of the ball. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I would think out of that four, you know, I would say, you know, Pittsfield, Sunapee would be an interesting quarterfinal game. You know, I think it would be far more entertaining if it was, you know, Epping or Sunapee against Lisbon. But we'll see what happens yes. on Monday night. <laughs> I agree. I'm not going to be there, McIsaac. I will not be at the Final Four for the first time. I since know you've, you've ditched since, Division Four. I've been at every game since, uh, including when Sam won his title against Derryfield. I've been at every Final Four game I, since I, then. I am now anointing Lance Legere as the new John the Baptist of Division no, Four. No, what? It. He actually played in the division, unlike you. So that's, uh, you know, rules are rules. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I will be at the D4 Final Four for the girls on Wednesday. Hinsdale, Littleton, Colebrook, and Woodsville are up there. So I'm going to be there for that. Possibly with Sam Natty on Wednesday calling the girls Final Four, but... Listen, they threw these all on the same night. There's nothing I can do. I can't. Thank God, I can't clone myself. Can you imagine the world with two Dave Haley's? No, that's, that's well. There, there are one is too much. There are two right now, and the older one is my favorite, as we know. Oh yeah, the classier, <laughs> much wealthier Dave Haley, who's who, by the way, is in Jamaica right now. <laughs> He's winning that battle. That's right. All right, so that that about wraps it up. Uh, we will see. Uh, Sam Natty, by the way, now verified on Twitter. If you want to follow him oh, now. Oh, and- Sam! Before we go, uh, how many? How many are we looking at next year for the Lisbon bowling team that you'll coach to, to launch, or what? What do we think? I'm not looking to coach. I'm looking to get into it. I have found <laughs> after my first bowling experience, twenty years, I'm pretty good. Like the, the kids in the NHL right now need to watch out for me. I'm calling Walkie on that score, man. It was way too high. Can, can we stage like a best of three between Sam and Cameron McIsaac? Didn't, do- didn't Ari and Ty Vico kick Cam's butt last well, year? Well, they combined their scores. That's true. And Ty Vico yeah, actually. I might be able to do it one on one. Like, I might be pretty good. A- afterwards, Ty Vico like, was like. I don't know I- if I'm good because I've never seen anybody do it <laughs> that actually knows what they're doing. But I, might, I had like five strikes in a row. I think that's good. That That, that is pretty good. I. I- I was going to say, Fun Spot has a lounge that overlooks their bowling. Uh, if you got, if I can stay in the lounge and watch this, yeah, I'm no, all for it. I think it. we need to make this happen because the strategy that I go with is just throw it as hard as you can. We- you know, <laughs> touches for babies. We we'll do it like Battle of the Network Star style. We'll have these two bowl, and then we'll make the we'll make them play one on one, and Sam will just dunk over Cameron. It'll be fun. Oh no no no! Well, see, that depends. Like if we can play. You know, half court, and I can get the ball first and then keep it. Then I'm fine. But if we got to go full court, Cam will. I'll, I'll die. I, I just want to see the look on Austin Grass's face when I tell him he has to edit a bowling video for highlights. <laughs> huh? What? So, all right. Thank you uh, to our D4 bracketologist, 
Sam Natty, I know a lot of people uh, continue to bring up that he screwed up the Dairyfield Pittsfield a few years ago. But you we moved on. Yeah. Well, you see what Jay did to us a few weeks ago? He still hasn't forgiven me for it. No. No, I didn't say what he did. <laughs> hopefully he, hopefully he, uh, hopefully he uh, feels better about it by Monday night. We'll see you there. Uh, <laughs> I expect the bench to be draped in American flag colors uh, in the pregame when I arrive with Allison on Monday night for the showdown in Pittsfield. No, my... Uh, when I when I told my guys that any sports page was covering the game, the only thing that I could compare it to is when you're like six years old and you're going through the mall and you get to meet Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there, there, there was palpable excitement and there was a little extra hop in their step this morning in practice. So we'll we'll see you on Monday. I think McIsaac would say right now, uh, prepare for those kids to be very disappointed That's when right. they meet me in the flash. They're like, this is it. That's the guy. Oh, they believe me. They, you, you've been built up into ways that. <laughs> I There's can't no wait. Chance that they aren't disappointed. Monday night. All right. All right. Thanks to Sam Natty and Mike Rathgeber. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Best of luck to all the teams. We'll see you out there.